This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. It's the 1300s, Edward III is the King of England, and he's shaking up the country's political landscape, splitting the government into two main groups. The House of Commons, consisting of representatives from the country's boroughs and shires, and the House of Lords, made up of archbishops, bishops, abbots, and nobility. A few hundred years later, in the 20th century though, Parliament Act 1911 stripped the House of Lords of some of its powers, removing the House's right to veto money bills completely and replacing its right of veto over other public bills with the ability instead to delay them for up to two years. Fast forward to 2022, and now the future of the House of Lords is under threat from Labour leader Keir Starmer. We want to abolish the House of Lords and replace it with an elected chamber that has really strong missions. So, for example, looks after devolution, actually makes sure that um, our politics work. So, yes, we do need to abolish the House of Lords. That's Keir speaking on BBC Breakfast, announcing the key part of a report put together for the Labour Party by former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. It recommends that the House is replaced with a new House of Nations and Regions with representatives from across the UK. So, why does Labour want to abolish the House of Lords? And what changes would it actually bring about? Joining me now to discuss it is the Evening Standard's political editor, Nicholas Cecil. So Nick, first of all, can you just talk us through some of the key recommendations Labour has announced today. Well, this report published by Sir Keith Stumber is quite a a major reshaping of how Britain is governed. And it would see a significant shift of power, jobs and funding away from London. One straightforward example is that it proposes moving 50,000 civil service jobs out of the capital, as well as more headquarters of public bodies and armed oaks bodies. So, for example, the Food Standards Agency, the Charity Commission, the Competition and Markets Authority, they could all see their issue go to another region. Now, I think a lot of experts would say that devolving more power would work and be beneficial, not only to to, to some of the other regions of Britain, but also could help the overheating in the economy in London, where you've got very, very high property prices, the cost of living is, is very high compared to other regions. 
this report, while it points out that people in London are paid maybe 25% more than people doing similar jobs in other regions, it also stresses that that the cost of living is so much higher and that they say that that is leading to financial insecurity for Londoners because they're they're having to, to meet these higher costs. Politically, this is quite a significant suggestion, recommendation. But what could this mean for the public? How do you think changes will occur if this actually happened for the everyday person on the street? Well, if we take one example, for example, there's a proposition for the UK Infrastructure Bank to have an explicit mission to address regional inequality in the provision of infrastructure. Now, that sounds very wordy. Um, What it probably means in practice is more funding for transport in the regions And the report talks about a new spiral of declining ridership and increasing fares um, in areas outside London and the South East. So less investment has gone into many regions. This is partly due to treasury rules, which look at how much return and investment would get. And obviously, if you put a billion pounds into London, you might get a better return investment through better connectivity in London than you might in other regions. But there's been a move away from these Treasury rules to try and channel more funding into the regions. And why do you think Labour have gone down this route of suggesting such a radical change with the House of Lords? Well, Labour has long wanted to reform the House of Lords. They've tried it uh, under Tony Blair and were partially successful, getting rid of some hereditary peers. It's been a a long-term ambition of Labour. And while a lot of the media focus has been on on the House of Lords, the um, people in the street are are far more likely to feel the impact of other measures. So one of the other recommendations in the report is for town halls to retain more of the money that they raise. Labour is, is proposing replacing business rates with a property tax now, if councils were allowed to retain a greater share of this, that would be very helpful for some councils, for example, Westminster and Kingston-upon-Thames, for example. There'd have to be some kind of funding mechanism to ensure that money was diverted to other areas in greater need. But certainly in the, the aim would be that if you allow town halls to keep the money that they raise, then that's a great incentive for for them to invest in businesses and create good business environments. And there's been not quite, but almost radio silence from the government in response to this announcement. What do you make of that? There's been a response and they're putting out some announcements, but there was no minister on the media round this morning, which is uh, an interesting decision. Obviously, if you put up a minister every day of the week to answer questions, then you'll get some positive stories and also some negative ones. So if you put up a minister, then you're less likely to get the the negative stories and the government may have less to announce at the moment. But what it does lead open is the field for Labour and allows Labour to increasingly try and show itself as a government in waiting. And the fact is that this morning, a lot of the media attention was on this major report on reshaping the government of Britain, drawn up uh, by a commission chaired by Gordon Brown. Certainly kind of two or three weeks ago or a few months ago, it probably would not have got the prominence it did this morning. But now now the focus seems to be shifting more and, and more onto Labour. Let's take a break now in part two. Parth Patel from the Institute for Public Policy Research explains why changes at the top can make a big difference. So these things are very important. If you want health services 
to improve, actually, thinking about where power lies is pretty important. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Parth Patel from the IPPR Think Tank. So Parth, we've had the details of these recommendations from Labour today. The headline measure is this proposal to abolish the House of Lords. First of all, what impact would that have on the government? It's difficult to say because we haven't, there's not been a proposal for what the reformed upper chamber would look like. This elected upper chamber sort of well, directly or indirectly elected. We don't know essentially what that would look like and then what its relationship would be with the House of Commons. Uh, so it's quite hard to say what sort of the specific impacts would be. And there will be a lot of ripples if it is something that is implemented. Uh, but I guess at the top line, the fact that we'll be moving to a democratically elected chamber, I think, is quite a significant step. And I think something that would in general strengthen democracy and the democratic process about how we come to make decisions around legislation um, and so on. So I think in general, it's going to strengthen UK democracy, but it's very difficult to actually say in what way and what sort of any unintended consequences might be, because we don't know what the alternative to the upper chamber would look like. So you kept talking about how this process could give more parts of the country a voice. Could it impact the processes at all for policies and laws and how they're created or changed? Yeah, it's a good question. I think so, yes. A line in this report is that the UK is one of the most centralised countries in the rich world. That's correct. And centralisation is a problem, both in terms of outcomes and in terms of process. What do I mean by that? Um, In terms of outcomes, essentially, the wrong decisions are taken, whether it's sort of declining public services, declining living standards, low wage growth, sort of saying all these problems, actually, because the centre is not good at picking the right decision. And then in terms of process... This is sort of the democratic dimension. People feel they have a diminished voice. People are making decisions on behalf of me rather than people that actually represent me. And that sort of connects to this lack of trust or this decline in trust in politics is sort of at a rock bottom at the moment. So in theory, these reforms could start to address that. Now, I mean, I guess it's trying to do a lot, right? They're saying there's these big problems in the economy, sort of declining living standards, high levels of entrenched inequality. And there's this problem with our democracy. People just don't trust politicians anymore. People are dissatisfied with democracy. And the commission is trying to say, I could maybe solve these things with this set of political reforms, right? They're not saying that alone these political reforms would be sufficient in addressing these two sort of gargantuan challenges, but they are saying they are necessary. For people listening now who are worried about all the issues that we have going on, 
Do you think this message will get lost on them? Are there is there anything they can take from this message that can give them hope for the future, I suppose? Sometimes people are saying, well, this isn't a priority to voters and actually we should focus on improving the NHS or uh, getting wages to go up. And that's a wrong way to look at this. Democratic reform is a first order issue. It sort of tilts the field for everything else. So where social policy outcomes or economic policy outcomes go or the direction of which politics goes, that's kind of all shaped by the political system and the constitution. So these things are very important. If you want health services to improve, actually, thinking about where power lies is pretty important. If you want certain parts of the country to prosper and for wages to go up, actually, these are really fundamental questions talking about. So there's something here that I would sort of say, that these, are, these are the right questions to be tackling with. You know, these are really powerful policy institutional reforms that will have so many ripple effects that we really can't foresee all of them. But in general, these are the right kinds of sort of institutional reforms and policy leaders we should be thinking about if you want to make the UK a more prosperous, fairer nation, which broadly speaking, most people do. Just finally, Parth, uh, your sort of key word throughout this, this chat has been if. Uh, what is the likelihood of seeing this actually happen? <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, that's complete guesswork. I suspect quite a lot of the recommendations the sort of the smaller ones, the ones about sort of devolving power towards mayors and probably the, the devolved nations, I think they're quite likely to happen. I think the one, one of the big ones that's sort of very difficult to see it actually being implemented is the House of Lords reform. I mean, that will be the choice of Keir Starmer's if he becomes a prime minister and decides that this is something he's going to pursue. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of The Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.